Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, growing in the organizing and productivity profession brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Every episode, we will learn from NAPO members and subject matter experts as they share their successes, challenges, best practices, proven strategies, industry developments, and more. And now, here's your host, Claire Kumar, NAPO member since 2010. Hello and welcome to another episode of NAPO Standout, the podcast to help you better your business. I'm your host, productivity catalyst, Claire Kumar, and am I excited about today? I'm excited about every episode, but today I have actually a longtime friend and a NAPO member since 2009, Carol Williams with us. Why Carol Williams? Well, she is a professional organizer who really stepped into productivity coaching right away in her business and evolved into being a full-time coach. And I had a similar journey moving from organizer to productivity coach and thought I need to be fully trained as a coach. So I too work as a coach and I wanted to bring Carol's expertise to you because she has really built a successful business. And I think it's going to be very well worth your time to hear what that looks like. So let me tell you just a little bit about Carol before I bring Carol into the conversation. So like I said, Carol's been a member of NAPO since she first created created her business in 2009. She's a certified business and life coach, single mom of two teen boys. I can talk to you about that too. NAPO member Carol Williams understands being pulled in many directions. Through her coaching, she helps business owners with ADHD become more productive, profitable, and powerful so that they may live playfully and powerfully in business and in life. She loves dancing and playing in the outdoors, and she resides in her hometown of Sutton, New Hampshire. So Carol Williams, my good friend, welcome to the podcast. Woohoo! I'm so happy to be here. Thanks, Claire. It's great to see you. Just so for everybody listening, the podcast is going to be on YouTube as well. So you can find us there on the NAPO National Channel. So if you want to watch along or listen, what I thought we would do with the podcast this year is kind of give great content to you in a format that you enjoy. So you'll be able to see Carol's radiant face, the salt lamp glowing in the back behind her, the plant and the word believe. So just to set the stage for you, I'm speaking to Carol and she's always radiant and grounded when she shows up for something. So Carol, let's start the interview with a question about understanding Your journey into coaching, how did that become something that you decided to focus on? Well, thank you, Claire. It's wonderful to be here. And what I know about myself is I usually make too long of a story. So I'm going to give you complete reign to interrupt me, tell me we need to make it shorter, get to the point, whatever that is. Okay. As you said, in 09, it was the Great Recession. And a lot of people, you know, they're not too different than now, except for now it's the whole world, right? (laughs) It's the whole world in every single way. However, I had sort of my own mini version of this in 09 when I got laid off, right? So I became a professional organizer. We won't go into prior of 09. And what I realized with, I think it was my second or third client that I was really like helping them deeply. Like I didn't even know really what coaching was, but I kind of thought that that's what I was doing. And then I had this almost like fear of, I had this imposter syndrome really for, I don't know, five or six years, a while. 
And I was like, but I'm not a coach. I'm not really, I'm not really certified as a coach. I can't call myself a coach. I'm really just an organizer. I just had all of that. But the truth is that really I am always was a coach, even maybe when I was 18 and I first started college and I went into psychology. Mm. So I wanted to know more how the brain worked and I love people deeply. Okay. So that's how I got into coaching was thinking that that's the last thing I'd want to do. Wait, what? Wait, (laughs) what do you mean? It was the last thing you wanted to do because I felt like an imposter. Oh, okay. So even though you had the self-awareness realizing you were doing that, you still felt uncomfortable sort of stepping in. Yeah, it was like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I knew that I was doing it, but I didn't think I was qualified to do it. So tell me, where did the coach training come in your journey then? Is that the key that sort of said, now I'm valid, I'm feeling like I actually, you know. So the first time I put up my shingle, I want to say it was about 2014, where I changed the front page of my website at the urging of my marketing director by person I hired to do that. And he said, we got to at least change that first page to call yourself a productivity coach. And I was like, okay, then I was out, you know, I was like, you know, the jig was up. Pause there because I had a similar evolution. took me a lot longer than you. (laughs) Did you have any fear of letting go of something when you decided to understand the sort of imposter piece. But what about the letting go of something by focusing on productivity rather than organizing? Was there anything of that for you? I was doing a lot of letting go because I like was in the middle of a really awful relationship and got a divorce and all the rest of it. So the truth was, is I was just trying to figure myself out in all my free time. So I don't think it was like, oh, I love organizing so much. It was more like, I'm not a coach because I'm not trained to be a coach. So how can I be a coach? Okay. So this was really just stepping more fully into how you wanted to show up. You were doing other big letting go. I get it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was 14. Mm -hmm. And what was happening was you asked for that pivotal moment. I can give you that pivotal moment. That came right in around 2015-ish. And it was this moment where my oldest son, I wanted to send him to private high school. And that was going to cost a lot of money. But I felt like that was the right move for him. And then I had to ask myself a question because I knew that if I were to work there as an employee, I would get free tuition. But I knew if I worked there, I couldn't do all the things I was doing. Like, you know, I was organizing, I was coaching, I was an Evernote certified consultant. I did rental stuff on the side as a, another way to make money. I mean, you name it, I was trying to figure myself out, right? And I had a little come to Jesus with myself, if you want to say that. Not everybody might say that, but it was like a little figuring myself out. And I said, okay, if I had to give up my business, what, if anything, would I miss? And the answer was crystal clear. And the answer was coaching. And I said, I don't care about organizing. I don't care about the rental stuff. I don't care about Evernote. I don't care about whatever else flew in. But boy, oh boy, if I didn't get to coach, I was sad inside. So in that moment, I was a coach. I love that. So you asked yourself, what would you miss if you had to give up all of that and and take a job, for example? What would you miss? I love that. What would I miss? And the answer was coaching. Simple question. Great question for anybody who's thinking about refining or narrowing their focus to listen to what calls you. Amazing. Just back to the coach training, was there anything that you think would help listeners who are perhaps thinking of productivity as a piece or coaching in particular as a piece, 
that would help them figure out how to make a decision about investing in coaching and how would you make the decision of where to study and what coaching program to adopt? I get asked that more than once all the time. And I don't have a great answer about where to study. I'll say go to the ICF and ask some people. <laughs> I had a complete backdoor approach to all of this and is completely opposite to, you know, I was 18 years old. I went to college, I got the degree and I worked in that profession until I got laid off in 09, right? So I did the traditional route. When I did this, again, I'll go back to what's happening now. A lot of people are uprooted. A lot of people have to refigure themselves out. So there might be some new organizers listening to this. There might be some new productivity professionals listening to this. And they might be serving people in transition. And new coaches probably listening to this too. Yes. Yeah. So what to know is, is that when we have that shakeup in our lives, we're not necessarily going on that like tried and true path or whatever. And I had that shakeup in my life. I got laid off. Then I had to have this divorce because it was clear that that's what needed to happen, right? So I'm so busy getting shaken up. And by now, I'm not 21 years old anymore. I have a lot of big expenses. I got to figure myself out. So mm -hmm. I'm sort of like, shoot first, aim later. I just need to get some money in the door. So what I did was when I, after I had my come to Jesus moment, at that point, I said, okay, great. How am I going to make a living doing this? Because I'm sure as heck not making a living the way I was scattershot and doing all my things. I knew that for sure. Yeah. Okay. That was just a disaster, actually. So what I did was I attended a webinar and I did something that I would never normally do. And that is I put my credit card down for the system that was going to help me with the business aspect of coaching. I did not go to training right away. I went to how the heck can I make money? Because that's what needed to happen. And as a byproduct of having this system in the background, little did I know I was going to get training on how to actually have a profitable business coaching. Wow. So three, four months later, I emerged from that training program and I had my systems in the background all set up to be a profitable coach. I went through it all. I completed all the exercises and I graduated in the top 10 and I was featured on these people's website, right? And then I get this phone call sort of out of no place. And they said, hey, we're looking for apprentices, coaches on the team to train up to help other people in the business of coaching. And so that was then. And now I have a certain aspect of my business that I'm a coach on a team. And I've risen to like a senior level. So I now teach others through that company on the business of coaching. So I know a lot about it. You're a coach's coach. <laughs> Correct. In terms of business development. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I would say most of my clients are actually coaches for both the productivity stuff and also for this. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, Not that's all, interesting. but many service-based entrepreneurs actually. So now you ask, but the question that you asked had to do with how did I do my coach training? Well, since I was going to be an apprentice, one of the requirements was that you are a certified coach. So in that moment of getting that training, I had to decide how am I going to get the required training as a coach. And I picked something called CTA, a coach training alliance, because my mentor said she knew the people and that I could do it all online and it wasn't too expensive. And I was just trying to check a box, Claire. Doesn't mean it's the best of the best. Not by, There are just so many great programs out there. There's like CTI. There's Can I tell you how I picked mine? Sure. Well, I wanted an executive coach 
program because I like working with people in the corporate refugees or people in the corporate setting still. And so I looked at some university programs and I looked at one that's in the same town as my mom. So I could visit her and when I was going to study as well. So there was a combination life work benefit, if you will. So why not? It's got to fit into your life. Exactly. I mean, end of story, you've got to be able to pay for it. And it's got to be able to carve out part of your life that the friction is minimal. It's got to flow. It's got to flow. Yeah, that's right. It's got to be not effortless, but as effortless as it can be. Yeah. So yeah, my classes were like at 9pm, because that's when my kids went to bed and I had time. Yeah. You're saying so many things in there, but what I loved is number one, the focus on making money, which is honestly something that I have not done like you did. And it would show in my business compared to yours for sure. Celebrate that. And I would encourage people to listen to the practicality and the smarts of doing that and making that a priority because you can spend a lot of busy time fragmented, but when you have to come to Jesus or when you know, shiz gets real or, you know, whatever, yeah, it is. whatever. you've got to really face the music. You're like, it's on you to deliver. Then what does it look like? And what can you do? I love the introspection that came in that time and the practicality to say, okay, what have I got? What am I called to do? And that what success is, my definition is that you're using your authentic skills in service of the world and without depleting yourself. Correct. That's right. So you're a beautiful example of that. So if listeners can take away that nugget of self-awareness combined with practicality and making those pieces fit, this is a wonderful example. You mentioned the word mentor. Yeah. I wonder if you could just touch on mentor versus coach. And what do you mean by mentor in this? It probably means my head coach, mm-hmm. right? When I said mentor. She was the one who told you about CTA, I think it was. Oh, yeah, CTA. Yeah, sorry, uh, Coaches Training Alliance. So, yeah, yeah, CTA, thank you. Yes, when I hired her, I actually wound up hiring her to help me be a better coach and make more money and so on. And the first question she said was, okay, I'm going to do a combination of coaching and mentoring. Is that okay with you? And I was like, yes. <laughs> well, you know, to that point, I think anybody who's a productivity coach So just to back up for listeners, a lot of times the coaching methodology is we hold our clients fully capable and accountable for achieving what they want. And the answers are within you. What I find is people are also looking for some best practices. So what I do in my business, I'd love to hear what you do. I say that I work like a coach in my methodology and the way I hold you very capable, but I will bring my knowledge and experience to you and offer it for your consideration with stories and examples and so on. So I'm not going to tell you, you must do it this way. I'm going to offer you, you know, here's a story about something that happened. Is it something you want to try? How does it land with you? What do you think? So this whole concept of sort of co-creating solutions, it's really kind of wonderful because the client is very wholly involved in that and you don't carry I don't want to use burden, but the responsibility of having all the answers on you, it's built together. So I just thought I would clarify that because people who are not familiar with coaching might not understand this difference between coaching and mentoring or consulting and how do you dance in that space and still have your integrity as a coach? Well, you're absolutely right. While I was still an organizer, I remember listening to coaches and I just thought, well, that's a pile of crap. Why don't they just tell them what to do? Like, how annoying is that? Absolutely. How annoying. I remember a coach coming to our organizing chapter meeting at 
professional organizers in Canada and Toronto. And I was like, you would annoy the crap out of me. Just give me the answer. And, and, oh, <laughs> yes. Not, right? Just like, just if you already know, like, why are you holding out and being difficult and all? Exactly. It's maddening. So I try not to be maddening. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. That's it. I had to, in the coach training, really wrestle with this perspective of co-creating with the client which I adore now, I absolutely adore now, but there are clients, the clients that are coming to me are saying, I have a specific problem with this and this and this. And I'll say, yeah, we can talk about all those things. I will offer up what I know about those things. But what I also hold to is that we also don't know what is underneath those things and what are the higher level, bigger things that are impacting those symptoms that clients often come with. So I invite them on a discovery journey and the way I phrase it. So sorry, everybody on the podcast, this is turning in a bit more of a, a sharing of both of us, but, but it's with an effort, I hope to help everyone understand the richness of coaching and Carol, your perspective, I value it so much. So, and this is with organizing too. The client has the vision of what success looks like, right? I've always said, I'm at the hand at your back. You're telling me where we're going and I'm at the hand at your back and we're going there together, right? So it's a supportive thing. I just want to throw it back to you to say, how do you describe the dance, if you will, or the journey that you're going on with the client? Do you have any language to describe that? Sure. I don't really ever get asked that question. <laughs> so if I were to describe what coaching is, is that really the question? Well, I think for listeners who are thinking, oh, coach sounds interesting. Productivity sounds interesting. How do I work as a coach, even with an organizing client? What does it mean? What is it different than people have seen in their experience already? So the best coaching, in my opinion, is learning to listen to what is not being said. That's it. Can you say that one more time? The best coaching in my opinion, is learning to listen to what is not being said. And it takes a different presence to do that, mm -hmm. to feel like you don't have to fill in the blanks. If there's airtime and somebody's processing and thinking and maybe coming up with it. Tell me more about why you say that's the definition of coaching. It's because of what you just described. And you said, if somebody is coming to you in a corporate place and they want help with, I don't know, time management and organizing their stuff and getting more done in less time and dealing with difficult people and who knows what all else is they're coming with, communicating with their team, fill in the blank. And so the way my approach to coaching would be, what do you want to be different in a year from now? What looks different? Why is that important to you? If nothing changes, how is that negatively impacting your life? So what? Just keep unpeeling that. So unpeeling. So you got to do the unpeeling of why it's so bad. Hold that. Then allow somebody to leapfrog over and then imagine what it could look like. That's harder. This process is true regardless of if you're organizing, if you're selling somebody any sort of service. It's marketing 101. Especially if you're in it. So just thinking of organizing clients, if you're in the house and you're surrounded by the pain of it, the visioning of what's possible is extremely hard. So sort of creating some space, creating some distance from it. And coaches talk a lot about holding space, but it's creating that safe moment in time where we can actually allow for that depressured thinking and what's calming the amygdala. So with no stress response happening here, this is an allowing the feeling to happen and possibility to open up. 
Yeah. So coaching is all about discerning and living into the possibilities that are always there. And you just can't see because I always say things like, well, you know, what I understand is that you've got this pain. So if somebody is stepping on your foot, for example, and you know, the person next to you is saying, so when somebody steps, gets off your foot, what kind of a marathon do you think you might want to run? It's like, <laughs> uh, can you just get off my foot? And we can maybe see if it's broken. You know, that's the person with too much stuff that can't see their walls or whatever the case may be. They're not talking about once all their stuff is gone. And in coaching, we often pull the vision bigger than our client knows. We hold that space. And we have to be very careful in how much can we push them in that moment in time, because they can maybe only get to a certain level. And once that level, so like in a mountain, like you can't see the top, you could only see because it's blocked by the view. So you get up to that certain mountain. And then you're like, this is awesome. But oh my gosh, why I didn't realize there's those other mountains there. Heck yeah, let's have some supplies flew in because I am down for this. And you're going to go up to that next mountain. Not sure how that applies, but I think you're asking for the question behind the question. And what I try to do is in that initial interview process is really hear what they're not saying, because they oftentimes are in complete disconnect with what they really want, because all they really want to do is survive the day every day. So it requires this listening to what's not really there. And I'll use an example without any real details, because the other thing about coaching is it's all confidential. I had a discovery call with a woman and she didn't know what a discovery call was. So she said, oh, well, I said, well, what brings you to this call? Well, what brings me to this call is we were on that group networking thing and you said you specialize in people in, with squirrel brain. And I said, yeah, absolutely. And then I started asking her the deep questions and she says, well, gosh, I don't think we could get that deep in 15 minutes. I said, well, if you looked at the call, it's a 40 minute call and I can go up to an hour if you'd like. Can we go deep in that time? I said, I know I can. I said, it's your choice now. So I gave her, you're always a choice. In coaching, the client is always a choice. So I said, you have a couple of ways to go right now. You can either say, because I'm happy to do this. If that's what you came to the call for. You want 15 minutes of me dumping out my brain and all the tricks and tips. I'm happy to do it. If you want to go deeper and really begin to understand what's upstream and what's causing the downstream issues, why you're so busy and you can't get to your priorities and all these other things that you're talking about, I'm happy to do that. Which way do you want to go? And she didn't know what to say. She started going down both roads and I had to pull her back and ask her the same question again. Yeah. And finally we landed on, she wanted to go deep. So we did. And then it goes to places. It's not therapy, but some people don't quite understand what therapy is. Sometimes say it's like, wow, you're like a therapist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get it. It's not therapy. So that is listening to what's not being said. It's not getting swept up in the details of what the question is and how I oftentimes will, which is another question you ask, how do you describe it? I'll describe it as that brain dumping out of how to organize spreadsheets, how to plan your week, whatever it is, is the tools in the toolbox. That's all that is. And we can do that. But the truth is, is just because you got the toolbox doesn't mean you're actually going to be able to build the house. So what do you want to do? And then they're a choice. That's coaching. It's a great description. And I liked your very much the analogy of you're climbing a mountain and you can't see what's above the clouds on that mountain. You can't right? see. 
Yeah. The coach can't see and the person can't see. So you've got to explore together, but it's this commitment to explore together. The other thing I think might be interesting for listeners in their relationship, because this could come up in organizing too. You have a client and you're just, you care so much about them succeeding. And it's really interesting as a coach in particular, I've been very clear that I need to work with clients who are motivated. Coaching is about affecting transformation. And if the client isn't there like ready for it, that's going to be hard. It's like with organizing too, you would go to someone's home and they're like really not committed to the process. So you're going to spin and it's not going to be deeply gratifying. So part of the onboarding, if you will, is like, how ready are you for this? What kind of priority does this take in your life? That cost question you asked, you know, if it doesn't happen, does it matter? Yeah. What's the impact of that? So lots of rich process in what you're talking about, which helps you find out if you're going to walk this journey together. Yeah. And so I would love if you could share for people a bit of an understanding of what in your process is successful. What do you say are like, these are the things that I do that really turn people who didn't know about you or have learned about you. How do you take them on the journey from to know you, to like you, to trust you, to try you to buy from you. As business owners, we are always have to be what some people call filling our funnel, right? We always have to be planting seeds out there because if we don't, our marketing train will go along wonderfully and suddenly we'll just run out of gas and stop. So I think what you're asking me is how do I continue to plant my seeds and how do I nurture them through the sequence that is needed so that, you know, the first time you meet them on the street, you're not asking them how many kids they want that you know, when you get married, right? (laughs) Can I just echo right there or highlight for listeners that Carol did something there that coaches do, which is give back to the client what they heard to make sure they heard it correctly and to make sure that they're on the same page. So not only did you hear me correctly, you articulated it beautifully. Okay, good. Good, good, good. That's full on, yes. Yeah. Sure. And this doesn't happen overnight, right? Before the show, or maybe even the beginning of the show, I said, like, I coach coaches, like, that's mostly who service based entrepreneurs, but it's mostly coaches. And I sometimes have a lot of people that sort of follow me. And I'll hear things like, well, I want to do a workshop like that, like, you know, next month, and they've like, just barely started their business. And I have to sort of like, go, hang tight. It's taken me a long time to get here. <laughs> the overnight success so, that you are has Yeah, been... I'm an overnight success 12 years later, you know? Well, yeah, talk about like, if you can in this process, some of the things that you do so consistently to serve the people that are, you know, following Carol's in Carol's orbit, right? Yeah, I think that I want to start with when you're first starting and then I can kind of hop over to what I'm doing now. So when we're first starting, what I hear the most is, how do I get clients? Mm-hmm. And the answer is complicated, but simple. And that is to number one, know what transformation that you provide, like know it, like you know your name. That has a whole sort of subset of things, right? Be just relentless and open and confident and fake it, whatever you need to do to pretend that it's all good, because you can't walk into a networking meeting, whether it's a virtual or not a virtual and sort of like hide behind the curtain and think that somebody's going to come over and say, Oh my gosh, I've waited for you my whole life. You're saying be the imposter, like own the imposter, be the imposter only enough that you're holding space for yourself of who you want to be. So you're in the imposter, but you're not. Can I just, does that make sense? hundred percent. And I wanted to just hearken back to 
Alter Ego, a book by Todd Herman, because he talks about, I think Beyonce has an alter ego and she showed up as that alter ego until she felt she didn't need it anymore. Right. I think Kobe Bryant had an alter ego. So some of these high performers are like, when I need to do my thing, I'm showing up in a certain way. So I think that's what we're talking about. So it speaks to the discomfort that there is about something new, not that you're being inauthentic or not that you're trying to give therapy without being a therapist. It's not talking about overstepping what you're capable of serving, but it's a tool to feel confident enough in the moment that you can deliver it authentically and continue to grow into that person that you're meant to Pretend you are that little girl on the top of the couch with a Wonder Woman outfit that jumps off and says, that's it, I'm going to save the world because that's truly who you are. And your clients need to have you feel that to trust in working with you. You've got to present that I'm a safe person to hold. Like this is a good hand you can hold. It's not going to drop you, right? Right. So when you're first starting, go deep within Say, I know I could do a lot of things to a lot of people with a lot of people. And that's usually like, you know, there's no niche, there's no focus. It's just all over the place. Just focus on something, even if it's wrong, doesn't matter. You're going to start somewhere, right? And then that's number one. Start talking to people about it. Be of service, ask questions, do research. Hey, you know, I'm starting this out. What are some of the typical problems that you run into and so on and so forth? This is right when you're first starting, okay? And then that's one. And then once you get a little bit of traction with that, say to yourself, huh, well, you know, if I'm doing, I'll use organizing, for example, and people know this, I'm gonna say it anyway. So if I'm an organizer, who's a great referral partner? Well, maybe it's, you know, a moving company. Maybe it's a realtor, right? So depending on the kind of coach you are, who's a great, like I was working with a love coach this morning and her referral partners were divorce attorneys and wellness coaches or like yoga people. Because when you are first starting and going back to trying to make some money, I'm all about making the money, right? It's like you want to borrow their audience because you don't have an audience yet right and going back to the biggest problem when people first start they don't know how to quote unquote get clients it's a multifaceted issue so that's when you're first starting now fast forward a few years later you begin to have your own following and that's really cool so now the question is well how do you build nurture serve your audience and i i'll tell you that so almost five years ago I was going through a workbook by Leonie Dawson, actually, who's from Australia. She's out there and she's fun. And anyway, I got to this page that said, do something great for your list, like just out of pure generosity. So I said, okay, that's it. In February, I'm going to start something and I'm going to call it lunchtime love. And on Mondays at noon, first Monday of the month, because it served me like that, I'm just going to do an open Q&A and see what happens. And every single month, somebody at least has shown up. And now I'm at the point where I usually get around, you know, 12 people and it's completely free. So I have built my whole sort of, you talked about consistency, the whole structure of my messaging goes like this. So first Monday, it's now evolved instead of lunchtime love, because that didn't really say anything like what the heck was that? It's uh, (laughs) now we're in wisdom warriors that may change again, but it's people who want some wisdom. So that is every first Monday. Sometimes it's the second if there's a holiday or for any other reason that I may not want to do it that day. And what it is, is we have a theme. So that starts everything. So I've got 12 months worth of themes 
that are pre-planned. So, and that's an open call. Anybody can come. The first 15 minutes are training. The last 45 minutes are open Q&A and coaching and so on. Okay. Right. This is the ability for people to sample you. Bingo. Thank you for saying that because that's exactly right. They just think, oh God, I can't afford you. In fact, I had somebody this morning Facebook message me from one of my communities and she just said, have a good day. And I said, oh, okay. Yeah, you have a good day too. And then she said, you know, we started this whole Facebook conversation. Well, I really love your email. I said, great. Well, I'd really like to take a class sometime that you offer, except I can't afford it. And I said, well, I do have this free monthly thing. Did you know? Oh, I didn't know. Uh-huh. Boom. Exactly. So now she's coming in. This is the gap that I'm just working to start filling yeah. in my business. I have like the coaching, which is up here. And then I have an ebook and an online course, but I don't have this way to engage that people who want to taste and experience you and get some answers. Well, you know what, Claire, coming up this next Monday at noon Eastern, if you're available, you should jump on and just be sort of like, um, you can be my co-host. And I could just introduce you as the international superstar that you are and just say that, you know, you're my special guest and maybe you could say a few words of wisdom from your point of view or who knows. And then you can see how I Love run it. it and see what you like. So everything hangs off of that. And then what I do is I have my two newsletters that come out. One is the Tuesday prior and one is the Tuesday prior to that. And I time that with the blogs. So does that make sense? Yeah. So blog one comes out kind of mid-month, the month before, and that there's no selling to that. Blog two comes out the Tuesday before, and there's mention of, oh, by the way, if you want to register for this next month's Wisdom Warriors, here's the topic, here's what you're going to learn. Mm -hmm. And then the third email goes out the night before Sunday at 4 p.m., and I always have a little video that goes with it. And that's the rhythm, and that's one of the ways that I bring people in to nurture them. And you've been doing this for how long now? It's gotten better, but five years. Five years, right? And when did you know you were onto something? Because you went from one person coming in, maybe not. Like you have to show up for a while before you're like regularly 12 people and you know you're going to show up to something. Yeah, I'd say like probably about six or eight months ago, it started really getting great. <laughs> before that, it was probably like, you know, four people here or there. It's when it started Fascinating. Do you think that has anything to do with the context we have with people more at home? Yeah, yeah, like it does. I think it does. And I also think that because of my involvement in what I was telling you, I was coach on the coach team because all those people wind up on my list. And so, right. So that's one of my main channels of funneling people in. I'm not selling to them, but I become more visible in that community. I was really curious about the things that you've decided really work for you in continuing to attract your ideal client and make them go through that journey. So yeah, anything you want to share on that? We're about, I think we're about 40 minutes into the interview. I could listen to you all day. So maybe if you could share a couple more things and then we'll call it a day. Networking and speaking. You and I know each other from the speaking for fees. We co-led it together. That was awesome. There is absolutely nothing like speaking in front of your ideal clients. I mean, just hands down. And to me, networking and speaking work really well together because through networking, you learn more, you get that know, like, and trust really deeply. And that can lead into that speaking. Mm -hmm. So speaking is a little bit, you can probably say more about this than me, but it's a little bit different now, of course, because we're all online. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I spoke in front of a mastermind group probably two weeks ago, and I did interviews with different people who wanted to, like just to do some follow-up. 
And one of the people is actually enrolled in my group coaching that starts today at 4 p.m. So she said yes to herself and she decided that her next best step was that. Uh, there you go. So yeah, multiple different funnels, some that you're hosting, some where you're the guest credible expert, where you're positioned that way and people are absorbing your content. They're sampling you live, essentially, in that place. So brilliant. I think that's fantastic. I'm hoping that anybody who's thinking about getting into coaching will really explore, you know, getting the training so that you understand and you can shake that imposter feeling. I too got training because I had clients recognizing they're like, the work you're doing is deeper than the stuff. I remember the first person that asked me to coach them was a corporate client. I was helping him with his home office. And he said, could you come into the office and help me at work? And I was like, well, I'm not a coach, but we booked sessions. And I said, at any point you can cancel, which is kind of an ethical thing with coaches anyway. If we're not serving anymore, then we, we figure we wrap it up. And that began a beautiful relationship. And I saw the kind of transformation that he went through and I was like, oh, I need to go to be able to learn how to do this really effectively and help people with greater impact on their journey to what they're aiming for. So I get you, sister, and I applaud all the success that you've achieved. I will take you up on your offer to join you. And you should. Uh, I will, absolutely. So for people listening who might want to find this group and understand what you're doing and perhaps participate, learn, watch, observe, how would they find you, Carol? Sure, you, you can go to my website and I'll spell it, right? It's epstime.com. So E is an egg. P is in Peter, S is in Sam, hyphen, time, T-I-M-E dot com. That's the website. If you want to find the free group, what you do is you go to Wisdom Warriors right on the front, on the top there, it says Wisdom Warrior Groups. It's a pull down. You hit that and you'll come to a page and it will show all the different topics of the next 12 months. And right at the very top, there'll be a giant orange button that you can't possibly miss. And if you hit that, you will register yourself for the next Wisdom Warriors, or you can also register at that lady I was telling you on Facebook. She registered for the next 12. <laughs> She's like, all in. I are all in. <laughs> See, that's somewhat like how ideal is that? And then she's on a journey with you. She's going to learn and grow with you. And then if she ever needs to deepen that work, then she's so ready to say, Carol's the right person for me to work with. So yeah, yeah. 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 So that's fantastic. We'll make sure that that's easy to find in the show notes as well. So everyone listening, it'll be there. Just go to the podcast page and you will find it. So Carol, I want to thank you so much for spending this time with me. I could spend so much time with you. It's always right. a pleasure. Right back at you. Thanks so much. <laughs> for everyone listening, I want to bring this episode of Standout to a close, letting you know you can find more episodes at napopodcast.com. Subscribe there. It's on all the places that you would expect to find a podcast and let us know on social media we're in all the places napo national as well so let us know what you think if there's someone you'd like to hear from if there was something particular poignant out of all the things that carol said today and shared with us show us some love there and share it also with other entrepreneurs or service-based businesses because this is all about bettering your business and so if you're an organizer productivity coach and you want to show some love and be generous to your list perhaps there's something in here that would be useful for them I want to wish you all a happy and safe future. Be kind to yourself, stay safe, and enjoy your journey. That's all for today's episode of Stand Out, brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net 
to join, learn more about our educational offerings, local chapters, and more.